Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Defense! Defense! All the hard work, let's go! College football today. When you think of rivalries, you think of Alabama, Auburn, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas. But we are set for Army-Navy today, guys. Great rivalry. Welcome to College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Hall of Famer Marshall Falk. Guys, Heisman Trophy Saturday, Army-Navy. I'm chomping at the bit for this coming Saturday. I mean, this is what college football is all about. It oozes tradition and pageantry. It's a it's a brief interlude before we start playing bowl games next weekend, right? We'll kick off the first uh, couple of bowl games yeah. on Saturday, December the 15th. But before then, we do get Army-Navy. We get some FCS playoffs. We have the Heisman Trophy at night. And over the next couple of hours, we'll obviously be discussing the playoff matchups as well. Marshall, for players that are in New York, Tua Tagovailoa, Kyler Murray, and we see Dwayne Haskins, what is going through these players' minds right now in terms of you know possibly hoisting the hardware later today? You just want to hear your name called. Uh, and in all due respect, um, I, you know, I, uh, I got the opportunity to come here to New York for the Heisman uh, on two separate occasions. Um, it should have been three, but they weren't inviting freshmen then. Uh, but it was, uh, I mean, it's just you, you, you get a chance to come here. You get a chance to meet the other guys. Um, you meet all the, all the past Heisman winners. Um, you, you, you get to meet the board. You spend time with, with different uh different uh different players and stuff like that and it's 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 just a great time for you and your family to 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 have that experience but um i'll tell you it's a it's it's bitter when you don't win <laughs> it's just a bitter feeling when you when you don't hear your name called and you're happy for the other guy and you understand and i think from that point forward when you do not hear you if you do not hear your name called that chip it rests on your shoulder the rest of your career because I know it did for me. It's incredible because a lot of these players went head to head with each other at some point th- during their career. Yeah, you, you know. So um, Kyler Murray and Tua are going to match up, uh, you know, in the playoff game a little bit later uh, in the month on January, uh, December 29th in the Orange Bowl. So uh, wh- whichever guy loses uh, the Heisman Trophy, I'm sure will look yeah. to step up and, and want to make a statement in that ballgame. Well, I, I think there will be added motivation yeah. as well. I mean, you, you see a little bit of friendly back and forth between Tua and Kyler down in Atlanta at the ESPN Ward Show. They handled it very professionally, which I would expect two great mm-hmm. kids uh, off the field as well. But if this winds up being Kyler Murray out of, maybe not out of nowhere, but a big surprise. A couple right. of weeks ago, everybody was gift wrapping it for Tua. If it's Kyler Murray... I think that actually bodes poorly for Oklahoma because not that Alabama or the Alabama defense or Nick Saban need any extra motivation, but if now you could be not just stopping Kyler Murray, but stopping the 2018 Heisman Trophy winner, that that's just a little that, more uh, uh, stoking it, it, of the fire. And that, that becomes kind of the thing. Let's say you, when you win, you you now now that team – it's like, okay, we're facing the Heisman Trophy winner. Let, 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 let's go out there and stop him. It, 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 it is a little added motivation. And it, it, I'm, it's rare that the guy that wins the Heisman Trophy goes out and plays well in the bowl game or win. It's just, it, if, if you pay attention to it, uh, definitely when it's a quarterback. I, I don't know why. It, it just seems to bother quarterbacks when they win and then they have to go out and compete and say a big-time bowl game. A Heisman curse, as it's, as it's well, known. You know, I, I mean, I, the, the prima donnas, is that why? No, the I, I mean, they're not quite on the buffet circuit <laughs> right. yet. You know, that's something that they have to worry about once you get to January, February, and March leading up to the NFL draft and, and the combine and so on. But 
You know, I, I think this is a different dynamic. Marshall mentioned it. You're spending time in New York City. Your usual routine has been disrupted. And then there is also the added motivation on the other side of the ball. You now have an opportunity. Oh, oh, this guy won the Heisman over our guy. I mean, imagine what Alabama will be talking about if Kyler hoists the trophy tonight. And that's what's intriguing because when you look at the one versus four matchup of Alabama, 14-point favorite over Oklahoma, and you look at the 2-3 matchup of Notre Dame going up against Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence in both of those matchups, I look at three teams in particular, Oklahoma being the one, the odd man out, as really having to play their type of game. And I have a couple of statistics when you look at it. When you look at that matchup, Alabama versus Oklahoma, you look at Alabama over the last three years, 26-1 against the SEC, 26-1. and And they won those 26 games by 27.5 points per game. They were 9-0 against SEC competition, won those nine games this year by 29.7 points per game. So I think it's, I go back to that old game against UNLV and Duke. UNLV wants to run up-tempo and Duke wants to slow it down. Now, now Alabama's built that way, in my opinion, to play both styles. They can ground and pound like they did against LSU and Mississippi State. Or they could go up-tempo with Tua or Jalen Hurts at the helm the way they did in the second half against Georgia. But Oklahoma needs to play a perfect game in order to knock off Alabama in that matchup. I just think it goes right back to what we saw last year with uh, with Georgia and Oklahoma. I, the the up-tempo game, it, it, you, can, you can definitely – because in the SEC, nobody plays as fast as Oklahoma plays. and But once you adjust to it, it comes. It comes down to winning the line of scrimmage and SEC teams versus non-SEC teams. They are going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and you'll see. You you, you will see the difference. And and watching Alabama play against Oklahoma at the line of scrimmage offensively, there's going. It, it, it's it's just it's going to look different. You're you're. It's it's almost like you're watching a pro offense and defensive line play against like some freshmen in college. <laughs> it, it's serious. That's, that's, that's the magnitude of, of what the game comes down to. When you watch the front seven of, of, of Alabama's defense and how they, they're not going to need a safety to stop the run and you're going to have to do some trickery and the side-to-side stuff don't work, it becomes hard and, and it, will, it will be hard. I pray, I'm serious, and I, I mean this, Kyla Murray, get down. <laughs> slide find this this is going to be a very physical game and and they when you introduce the quarterback the running quarterback into uh the Alabama defense it becomes a full contact sport for the quarterback when you look at that game more and now do you think Lincoln Riley learned from last year in terms of the second half adjustments that he did not make against Kirby Smart with that big lead 17 points at the half over Georgia Yeah he he's a young coach so I think Lincoln is always learning I don't know if he's going to have the same situation that he did last year they had a brilliant first half against Georgia were in control of that game and then he did not adjust properly. They collapsed in the second half of that game, eventually lost to Georgia. Now, I don't know if they'll have that luxury. I, I, I just think, you know, it, it, it's I'm not out on a limb here, but the gap between yeah. Alabama's offense and Oklahoma's defense is enormous. I, yes. I mean, at best, it's <laughs> going to be a track meet at best. Yes. But Oklahoma has not seen a Quinn and Williams. They have not seen a Deontay Thompson, Mac Wilson, uh, Raekwon Davis, Isaiah Bugs. I mean, to, to Marshall's uh, uh, point, that is a grown man front seven. They have the speed to go sideline to sideline. They have the size in the trenches. That I mean, uh, I'll how, say how right many now, first round picks is, <laughs> do you think is on that front a, seven? A lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no literally, literally, literally going first round. There's about five or six. Raekwon's six of the going seven. first round. Will go, and I'm talking about like t- ten on yeah. up, like one through ten. That's what, unless some something crazy happens, you know, uh, something comes out about those guys. I mean, it, it's impressive what what they continue to do. I mean, I it I change him, but I watch the Washington Redskins. I'm like, those two guys were just in college. Yeah, <laughs> you look at their Alex, defense. Jonathan Nile. It, it's yeah. unbelievable. It is. And I guess if you're Oklahoma, you're hanging your hat on Trevor Knight in the Sugar Bowl 
back in 2014 and saying, yeah. we had a chance. You right. know, we did do it at one point. We knocked off. And now Bob Stoops was the coach there. But, you know, with an added uh, four weeks of preparation, anything could happen. Yeah, and, and listen – you know, if you're Oklahoma and you're looking for optimism, what type of a quarterback has given Nick Saban's defenses trouble? And there aren't many, but it's a Deshaun Watson. It's a Johnny Manziel. It's somebody who can RPO it, make plays outside of the pocket. I, I've said this throughout the week. Yeah. For Oklahoma to have a chance in this game, Kyler Murray has to be Vince Young 2006. Yeah. It, he has to absolutely be otherworldly. I, I wish. Carry this program. That Anything less than that. They just don't have the horses to keep up with Alabama. I wish I could see it. Like, I can't see how Oklahoma wins this game because all of the games that you think back to when teams would knock off Nick Saban, you got to remember how they played. Ball control, kick field goals. This offense is scoring touchdowns. And they have not one quarterback, but two quarterbacks that can do it. And you have to prepare for almost – I, I I used to say two different systems, but the way that Jalen Hurts looked, how he came in looking like a polished passer, throwing the ball the way he did on the move. Usually the game is just moving too fast for a guy when you hadn't played in a meaningful game. He came in as if he started the game and played like a starter. I was so I was so impressed with that kid. And then and and to watch Nick Saban tear up, yeah, because the kid went through went through what's called the process. Right, they hired him a quarterback coach. Quarterback coach worked with him all year. We didn't know what he was going to look like. I was like, oh boy, uh, yeah, they, Georgia got him now. This kid came out looked looked like a a quarterback. Looked like Deshaun Watson. He did. He looked like Deshaun Watson, to be honest. No, oh, he was making he was making connections on the move. The one thing I heard throughout the offseason was two is going to be the quarterback, but watch Jalen Hurts. He's a different passer. You mentioned the quarterback coach, the time that they spent with him, he looked like a different passer. That was the knock on Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Was he isn't the passer that Tua is. That's why he gave way in the national championship game and didn't start this year. He was phenomenal. And the one thing I learned about Alabama, which we didn't have a chance to learn about in the previous 12 games, they showed how they can handle adversity. Didn't have to in the first 12 games, but they faced adversity against Georgia. So if that comes up in the next two games, they're now battle-tested. Hold hold on, wait. Are we we calling adversity being down? Yes, or challenged. Or or Georgia just kind of hurt Tua too much that they had to put hurts in. Yeah, in in retrospect— yeah. He was struggling. Yeah, he was. He, that was a tough. That was a tough game. They Kirby Smart and the Georgia defense. They had him pegged. They knew where he wanted to go. They got him off the spot. They had him rattled. Oh yeah. They, they, they and they scored first. Yeah. And that and that said that's we said it. Kirby called a day. great game. He did. I mean, he called a great game because the one thing the one thing we've said all season. Let's not forget. We said a lot. This isn't the same Georgia defense no. as last year. They miss a Roquan Smith. There isn't that elite talent outside of DeAndre Baker, the, the cornerback. We knocked the Georgia defense as being down a peg from last year, but they did not look like it in the first three quarters against Alabama last week. I watched that game. Everybody turned their attention to the onside kick, and rightfully so. I didn't think it was the right time to be aggressive at that point. But I go back to this in terms of Georgia's inability to win that game. I go back to when they were up 14 in the fourth quarter, and they had an opportunity to kick the field goal, and Rodriguez missed the field goal. If you're going to be aggressive with a 14-point lead— In my opinion, I think he should have went for it on fourth and two. The uh, offensive line was playing very well. DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield were starting to wear them down at the point of attack. If you're going to roll the dice inside the 15, if you don't make it, you still put your defense in a positive type of situation. They missed the field goal. Next play, Waddle, big play. They're down by seven, 28 to 21. That's, to, in my opinion, what changed the momentum of that ball game. My, my, my play that, that changed that game, and it, it, I, they're always hitting. And if you pay attention, like it, it, it means a lot. And people always think it's a touchdown or, or, or something like this. Jake Fromm, he scrambles, and he slides early instead of going head first. If he gets this first down, I, I think that was the, the next play. They do the fake punt. They get a penalty and then do the fake punt. 
He scrambled, and if he, if, if he doesn't slide, I mean, he, he has room to, to dive and get the first down. But he slid, and, and, and the sliding quarterback, not understanding that it's where the slide starts, not where it ends, and he did not get the first down. And, yeah. and that, that one play, it, it, it changed, like, momentum. The momentum switch flipped to Alabama immediately. But I, changing, the, change, changing the subject always, I just can't wait to see where they start. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I want to see which quarterback starts. Yeah. That'll be intriguing. What's intriguing, too, is you mentioned two of everything. Uh, both quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and, and Tua Tagovailoa, they have two of everything, though. You have, you yeah. have Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris. I think there's Harris, a Noah's Ark Najee reference Harris, in here somewhere. Najee Harris, yeah. you have Jerry Judy, you have Waddle, you have Ruggs, you have Irv Smith. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm curious to know if they started their second teamers. Jalen Hurts oh, at yeah. the helm. Let's just say, five would, they, would, would, five they still be, would they be favored over Oklahoma? They're with five, Kyler Murray? They're five star. The five star yeah. guys backing up five star guys. So right. it, it yeah. would be, no, I mean, it, it would still be a game. Yeah, it's intriguing, right? And they're ready, which is a credit to the coaching staff. You know, there's always turnover, turnover, not on the, in the players, but also the, the personnel. Right. right. You have a new defensive coordinator this year. They're still fine, yeah. right? Had a new offensive coordinator last year after Lane left. No hiccups. But can you, and, can and you, no ego, too. Can See, you start Jalen Hurts? Can you? I mean, I, just me. I, if, if I was Nick Saban, I would start the kid. Mm. I would. Just, I, would, I just would do it just because of what he did and what we've been through. Yeah. I that, mean, I, 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 could, I couldn't argue if they did start Jalen just because he resurrected them. I mean, just the way Tua resurrected them in the overtime in the fourth quarter. I think it's a I think it's a nice little question mark or unknown for, you know, Ruffin McNeil and Lincoln Riley to think about. I mean, you know, maybe you have to prepare for two quarterbacks. Yeah. It makes it even tougher. Controversy entering the college football playoff. Doesn't get better than this. Keep it where it is. When we come back, we'll be talking to Jamie Heath from sportsbrokers.com. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. on College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Hall of Famer Marshall Falk. We're breaking down Army-Navy, all the bowl talk, Heisman Trophy. But before we do that, we're joined by Sports Brokers Vice President Jamie Heath. He joins us live on the Celebrity Guest Line. Jamie, how are you today? I'm great, Joe. Uh, Rich and Marshall, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing, doing great. Well. It doesn't doing get well. better than this, huh? One game, major rivalry, Army-Navy. Give us your thoughts about, like, when there's only one game on the board, we have some FCS action. How you take it and, and how you approach it from the Vegas perspective? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Joe, you're, not, you're right. Uh, you know, you only have one game to focus on today, and we're looking at Army-Navy. Two teams, obviously, you're going to see a lot of running of the football with, with the option. They're mirror images of each other. You know, it's funny, for years, I've seen uh, Navy be the, uh, the stronger of the two in this matchup, and it's always been Army trying to, trying to be the ones to, uh, to break Navy's hearts. This year, it's the exact opposite. And for the last uh, two years before this, actually, Army's actually uh, won in this series now, so it's pretty much flip-flopped. Army's looking at a back-to-back 10-win -back season, which is incredible. Uh, the coach for Army, uh, Jeff Monken's done an unbelievable job with this team. You know, this is the team that almost uh, beat Oklahoma earlier in the season. Their only two losses were to Duke, their very first uh, game of the season, and obviously to, to Oklahoma and Norman. 
Uh, so you really uh, can't uh, discredit Army at all this year. They've they've done everything uh, that's been asked of them, and then some. So with with limited uh, resources, so great uh, all the credit to the world with the coach and. I look forward to this game. I think it's going to be a great game. As far as betting perspective, you know, you're looking at a, a total that's that's uh, 40, 40 and a half. Two teams that obviously, like I was mentioning before, love to run the football. I do love a, a, a side in this game, obviously. I think that there's going to actually be some scoring in this game, believe it or not. I, I see some scoring. I know the weather's going to be cold. Both teams obviously want to, want to control the football, uh, time-consuming drives. But I, I see some points in this game. I really do. It would uh, it would break trend if it went over because uh, yes yes it would yeah without we, a doubt uh, twelve consecutive games that Army Navy has gone under wow and this yeah, is it, uh, it has this is forty forty and a half uh, I, I, how do you approach trends I mean uh, different teams obviously we're going back twelve years we know what the philosophies are what the DNA of these offenses are grinded out ball control. Uh, milk the clock, uh, but you you're thinking over in this game, Jamie. Well, it's a slight lean towards. I'm not I'm not really in love with the total. Uh, again, like you like you said, Rich, the the trend is for the last uh, what'd you say, twelve times yeah. this game has yeah. gone under, right? But uh, Navy's defense to me really doesn't uh, impress me whatsoever at all. I really think Army is going to pretty much be able to dominate. Mm. Uh, you know, time of possession. I think they'll be able to move the football. But again, Navy's got nothing to lose. This is pretty much their bowl game. They're not going to a bowl this year. So uh, I think they're going to leave it all on the table. They're actually throwing the ball a little bit more than they have in the past. I could see a couple of trick plays here and there, maybe a fake punt. Who knows? You know, <laughs> both teams, all, and you got to take into consideration also, both teams do not like to punt the football. They're going to go for it a lot of times on fourth down. If it's fourth down and less than five, you're going to see both of them even going for it on fourth down in their own territory. So that's, always, you know, if, and obviously if they don't make their uh, fourth downs, it's going to obviously change field of possession. So there might be some short fields and some easy, easier touchdowns, easier ways to score too. So you always got to take that into consideration as well. Hey, Jamie Marshall here. I'm um, just wondering What's if up, you had Marshall? to take a stab at it like would you say there'll be 10 passes or less thrown in this it's game? funny you know I, I was <laughs> i was gonna say what's the over under on passes <laughs> in this right. game I, you know because they both they both love to run the football uh as far as army's concerned i would definitely go under i mean i don't know what their total for the uh, their their absolute total for the game is if it's if it's five i would go under on their total but 10 total that's exactly the number i would put out I'm going to actually go over the total on this one because I think Navy's going to maybe throw up to almost 10 passes themselves in this wow. game. Wow. But that, it, it's 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 a tough bet. It really that's a really tough bet. That would bet be to a lot for Navy. It really would, they but I honestly to, think I'm just yeah. saying just yeah. even, I, even when I, I think so too. Even I mean I've watched them down 14. They still run an option. I mean it it, it doesn't oh, yeah. it does not matter. I mean they they are going to like I've seen them down down by twenty, and they'll play action off the option. Like who? <laughs> you're really going to run yeah, the well, ball on third and fifteen? Like yes. When they're when they're winning their games, they're definitely not going to be throwing the football. Let's put it that way. When they right. beat uh, Tulsa, when, when they beat Tulsa, I think uh, they had two passes the entire game. So. Wow. You know, you're looking at you're looking at a situation though. Again, I think Army should be on, on top in this game. I I really like this squad. Uh, so Navy will be probably trying to play catch up. So you might see a couple wrinkles in this game. You might, you know, their last game actually uh, when they played against uh, Tulane and they almost won that game. Navy actually had a couple trick plays where uh, the quarterback actually went out for a pass and he actually caught a pass for a touchdown. So. I think there's going to be a couple wrinkles in this game, but don't be surprised if you see some some trick plays. I really think this could be an actually a, you know a fun fun game to watch. And obviously, it's for the commander in chief trophy, so there's a lot on the line for these guys. You know, it would really break trend for like the first quarter of one game. Army or Navy just passes on every mm. down, play actions on come, every come down. out. No, no, they come out in a spread. Like they come out <laughs> in four wide like that. That, what? that <laughs> right. Wouldn't that just blow your mind? <laughs> that, that, that would. Jamie, we know you've been smoking hot all college football season long. We know that you have a special package today. Tell all the fans what you have in store for them. Okay, absolutely, Rich. I mean, I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, obviously, we have the Army-Navy game, which we really love today, but we're also 
We're on fire when it comes to college basketball right now. Yesterday, we were all over St. Mary's. It was a huge game for us. Today, there's a huge college basketball slate, some serious rivalry games as well in college basketball. So what we have today, we're giving out three games today, obviously the Army-Navy game, as well as two college basketball games. Give us a call, 1-800-220-6262. Visit our website. Join our website, thesportsbrokers.com. We turn outcomes into incomes, and we're very excited about today. Not to mention, we also have a Heisman Trophy uh, award-winning uh, show tonight as well. I can't wait for that as well. Yeah, Kyler Murray, uh, uh, the favorite now. Tua at plus 115 last I saw, and Dwayne Haskins uh, off the charts right now. If you want to take a shot, I think he's plus uh, he's 29 to 1, I think, to win the Heisman. So uh, we'll see how that my plays money, out. My money, my, money, my money is on Kyler Murray. I think he wins it. We talked about this last week, and I really like his chances, especially considering the fact that Tua didn't uh, really impress in the game last week against Georgia, and Jalen Hurts had to bail them out. Unbelievable performance. It's amazing how one year can turn to the next. Last year it was Tua that bailed out Hurts. This year it was Hurts that bails out Tua. It's incredible how college football is so exciting and all these uh, you know, turns. and it's, it's just incredible watching it. It was what a game last week with that Georgia-Alabama game. You knew that game was going to be a great game, and it, it didn't disappoint whatsoever. What a, what a fantastic game. Jamie, um, when you look at the bowl season, it kicks off on December 15th. We have five bowl games. But just in terms of an approach, a lot of players like Greedy Williams not playing, other players, Jared Stidham is on the fence. How do you approach it from a bowl season perspective when you're not sure about whether star players are going to perform in these bowl matchups? You hit you hit it on the head there, Joe. And it's a great question because certain players, certain certain players, obviously don't want to play in their bowls to risk injuries, especially when they're going to get drafted high in the NFL coming up season. So you obviously have to take that into some serious consideration, especially when it comes to skill players. When you're talking about Stidham with uh, Auburn, that's huge. I mean, when I when that line came out. I obviously love the SEC, so anytime an SEC team's playing against a, a team other than an SEC opponent, I always look towards the SEC team. But if Stidham doesn't play, all of a sudden, you know, that, that's going to create uh, me look, leaning towards the Boilermakers in a game like that, obviously. So you really have to seriously know what's going on days in advance when it comes to this. And it's great as far as a better's concerned and, and a betting perspective because if you know a couple weeks in, in advance if, if a certain player is not going to play, you can take full advantage of lines because you know you know very well that the line's going to obviously drop or move up you know, just on the fact that a certain player is not going to play. So it, it really does have a, a very telling effect when it comes to betting on these games. Jamie, taking a look at the uh, two semifinal playoff games, my initial hunch was uh, I like the favorites. I, I, I could see both Alabama and Clemson rolling over Oklahoma and ND respectively. Uh, give me your initial thoughts. I know it's too early to make a pick. There's a lot more analysis that will be done. But what was your sort of first take when it came to those uh, two matchups? I'm um, exactly with you on this one, Rich. When these when these games came out, these matchups came out, I'm like, wow, I think uh, Notre Dame's in serious trouble as well as Oklahoma. But now as the days have gone on so far since these matchups have come out and uh, we're already you know, a week since these uh, matchups have uh, pretty much been presented to us, I'm actually leaning towards the dogs in both of these games. I'm not saying they're both going to win, but I think that both of these games are actually going to be very competitive games. I'm looking at the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, what could you say? I mean, this offense is just very tough to stop. I know Alabama's fantastic, and and they're tough to stop as well. I mean, the total in the game's 80. I wouldn't be surprised if this if this game is in the 90s. Uh, two offenses that are really unstoppable. Obviously, we know uh, Ruffin's defense with Oklahoma is really, really bad, and we saw it again against Texas. But then again, you know, it's it's funny because o Oklahoma, in their game against West Virginia, they had two defensive scores. In the game against Texas, they came up with a huge safety, which pretty much turned the momentum and the game towards Oklahoma's favor in that game as well. So you got to give a little bit of credit towards their defense lately. Again, they're going against uh, Alabama. We don't know if it's going to be Hurts. We don't know if it's going to be Tua, but we know both of those quarterbacks can definitely get the job done. But don't forget, Kyler Murray on the other side, he's pretty, he's pretty tough to stop as well. So Alabama's going to have their hands full too. I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes down to the wire in that game. I really wouldn't. 
When you look at the when you look at the players as well, Jamie, uh, in, in terms of is there one matchup that you key on in terms of uh, these like power five conferences going up against the others? Well, it's it's interesting that you say that. I mean, there's a couple of uh, matchups I'm looking at. I'm looking at actually the the very first uh, day of the Bulls. You mentioned Power Five conferences going up against uh, sort of the big conferences. I'm looking at this Arizona State Fresno State game. This is an intriguing matchup. Fresno State's actually now a four and a half point favorite in this game. They went into Boise last week. They did something that they haven't been able to do in quite some time. They beat Boise State there. Now they're gonna. Now they're uh, they're playing against the Arizona State team with Herm Edwards. Don't forget the the pack the Pac-12 right now. I think is one of the most inferior conferences there is in all the bowls, and you're going to probably see it again. Last year, I don't believe the Pac-12 won any of the games. Uh, but I, you know, again, it's a different coaching system right now with Herm Edwards. Arizona State uh, actually played pretty well this year. They did beat Michigan State earlier in the year. That was a big win for them. I think this is a very intriguing matchup. I have an actual opinion on this game right now. It's one of the games I'm definitely going to be using next week for sure. But, uh, you know, a lot of these Power 5 con- con- uh, conferences, for instance, Central Florida is a perfect example. One of the, the teams that I believe was deserving last year even so more so than this year to actually go to the playoffs because last year's team, they were, they were, that was a phenomenal team. Much better, I think, than this year, even though they were undefeated this year, haven't done anything wrong. So it's pretty much like a Super Bowl for a lot of these Power 5 conferences. Going up against like an LSU who really pretty much – had it going up until they got demolished by Alabama. So you got to think, you got to say to yourself, you know what? Uh, a Power Five conference like Central Florida obviously has a lot to, you know, show the show the world in the country. Whereas, as opposed to LSU, they'll, they'll, they could take it like, you know, whatever. It's another game. So you always have to take that into consideration, Joe, when it comes to betting on these games as well, too. So the Power Five countries, uh, I'm sorry, conferences always seem to be the hungrier out of the non-Power Five con- conferences, I would say. Jamie, in the spirit of candor, I, I enjoy the FCS playoffs. Uh, it's a perfect time of the year. We don't have, you know, a big slate of games. Today we have a couple of, uh, actually three playoff games, Maine versus Weber State last night. Uh, you yeah, can stick to gen- generalities, but what what's your general advice to gamblers who, you know, kind of have that itch to have some money on college games today and knowing that there are three games uh, at the FCS level? Yeah, well, uh, Rich, it's it's a great question, and you know you always have the certain teams that seem to be there just about every year when you're talking about these uh, games. Obviously, North Dakota State's been a powerhouse in the in these particular games. That's where obviously Carson Wentz went to school, and you always see uh, you know them winning these type of games. But they're laying a ton of points today to a Colgate team that actually gave Army a little bit of fits uh, three weeks ago. So. You got to take that into consideration as well. You have Eastern Washington playing on instead of the blue turf, I believe they play on the red turf that is in true. Eastern yeah. Washington. Love that. And they're yeah, yeah, I love that too. And and they're playing against UC Davis. I I think that should be, as long as the weather uh, provides uh, some easy throwing, that should be a very entertaining high scoring game as well. Eastern Washington's been a uh, been a very nice team to watch this year as well in that in in the FBS and uh, then you got Kennesaw State playing at home against uh, South Dakota State and the road team's actually the favorite in that game. So yeah, obviously you know we're all degenerates and we love to bet on anything we could possibly bet on. We, you know we got three uh, yeah exactly. So we got three uh, football games besides the Army Navy game to focus on today. So you know I I'm actually leaning towards the uh, the dog in that North. Dakota State, believe it or not, as uh, am I. And, you know, as am and I. Normal and nor right and and normally I'll I'll tell you what I'm usually on the home North Dakota North Dakota State team, but I'm actually uh, leaning towards taking the points in this in this game. Well, that Colgate well defense. Possible. Have you watched that defense for uh, for Dan Hunt? I Number mean, one in FCS. Yeah, it's the Patriot League defense. So they haven't faced the same level of competition as North Dakota State, but you know, I, I mean, what what, what I was Dan Hunt is doing them is against Army. Yeah, twenty eight fourteen was, impre- was, was impressed that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. It was uh, you know they held Army to only fourteen points in the first half, and you know Army's obviously a ball a ball control type team. They keep the defense on the field a long, long time. So, like you just said, Rich, their defense has actually been very impressive. Colgate, so give me, I'll take twenty four points all day. Let let's see what happens. I mean, I'm you know. Let's let's take a shot with that. At least sure. one Raiders team is doing well this fall. <laughs> yeah, right? that's true. It's Jamie Colgate Raiders. <laughs> before before we head to break, why don't you tell fans uh, the package that you have for them today? 
Okay, again, yeah, Joe, we're giving out, we're going to be giving, we, we have two college basketball games we absolutely love, not to mention we love a side in this Army-Navy game, absolutely love it. Give us a call, we're going to go 3-0 and today, if not, you get the entire bowl package absolutely free on us. Give us a call, 1-800-220-6262, visit our website, join our website, thesportsbrokers.com, we turn outcomes into incomes. I can't wait to talk about all the balls with you guys next week. Jamie, great information as always. We'll be back in the saddle next Saturday with five bowl games on tap. Have a great weekend. You too, Joe, and, and, and Marshall, as well as Rich. Good luck, guys, and have a great day. Thanks, Jamie. That red, we're going to get into it, but that red turf, red I, I think it's better than the Boise blue turf. I'm telling you. Think you think so? Yeah, if you can play on maroon, like I think it's hideous. Maroon, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. We're gonna, when we come back, we'll be talking about Clemson and Notre Dame, along with which team was deserving to be in the playoff. NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. And round we go. That's like hairband day. Yes. You know? Well, we have, we have a read here, Joe, so I'm going to have oh, okay. to cut you off. Uh, How long is it? It's it's shorter. Okay. Let's it's see. the abridged version. I'm timing you. Yeah. No. Uh, folks, you can capitalize on the on-field action at BetDSI with a user-friendly, uh, user-friendly mobile site, web interface, and the fastest payouts in the industry. From the upcoming college football bowl games... To the next big soccer match. I think there's a championship in Atlanta, actually, tonight in soccer. You could bet on that as well. They have wagering options for almost any sport you could think of. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge and utilize live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. Utilize your daily fantasy skills without the constraints of salary caps and wager on player props. There are so many ways to make money. Use the promo code FNTSY100 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. And then once you've opened up your account, go to dailyroto.com, click on contact us and send us your BetDSI username and we will give you one month of Daily Roto access totally free. That's access to all sports, tools, and optimizers. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI today to win on so many levels, Joe. That's promo code FNTSY100 to get your 100% bonus deposit match and one month free at DailyRoto.com. Sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah, great deal. I mean, Marshall had you at like two minutes and 46 seconds, I think. That's pretty good. That, that's world, pretty good. world record time. Yeah. Any yeah. faster, I would have sound like one of those... Uh, <laughs> speed readers. Not a speed reader. Who are the guys? The, uh, the auctioneers. Yes. Thank you. I would yes. sound like an auctioneer. Well, we... we hey, bit, 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 bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, last week's read, you probably should have did at yeah. that speed. I was Marshall actually getting was parched. At, I was getting a little bit, a little chapped in Marshall the Marshall had a cut. He had a, he had a cut and arrow bet. He was in the corner <laughs> waiting for you to finish I the I thought read. I heard somebody snoring, and I yes, see Marshall that, Falk is snoring I, out I of the corner of my I could not believe the read. I was like... Wow. <laughs> that is long. That is. We spoke about Alabama and, and Oklahoma briefly. We'll turn our attention to the big matchup, Clemson and Notre Dame. The one thing that stood out for me when I broke down Clemson briefly, and we're just going to get into it, is that Clemson won their last eight games of the season. Last eight games, guys, by 38.2 points per game. That is no joke. Alabama didn't have a better margin of victory than Clemson had over the last eight weeks of the season. They're going up against a Notre Dame team that, when I hear the initial rumblings, a lot of people think Clemson's just going to roll. 
And I think when I, we spoke about it in terms of the four teams in the playoff, and when I mentioned Oklahoma having to play their, I want to say, pristine type of game, I think Notre Dame fits into the mold because they can run the football. And as long as you can run the football with Dexter Williams, like they did in you know, more of a blue-collar, methodical type of game in that season-ending victory against USC, I think they can cover this number. Now, winning the ball game might be a different story, but I think Ian Book in this offense has enough to keep it close within the 12 points. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if one of these two games the underdog's going to cover, to me, I think it's clearly Notre Dame. You bring up a great point, Joe, which is running the ball. And, and and we focused a lot on Ian Book, the difference that he made to the offense, and justifiably so. Better quarterback, better better game manager than Brandon Wimbush. And Wimbush played his part. He was instrumental in the win over Michigan, but then had to st- uh, step aside for Ian Book. But Dexter Williams really has been the difference. And as I began to gradually look at this game, and, and we'll build up a head of steam before December 29th, I don't know if Notre Dame will run the ball. That's the problem that I have. Good offensive line, solid physical offensive line, the flexibility to throw the ball to those big receivers. Alizé Mack announced he's he's going pro. I don't know if he has said if he's going to play in the game yet. Though. He should, I would think. I, that would be... That would be a new area of concern if playoff players are are not playing. That would be something we could talk about. But against the defense that's allowing less than 100 yards per game with that physical off- uh, defensive line with Christian Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Trey Lamar at the second level, I think Notre Dame struggles to run the ball. That'll be their biggest problem. Yeah, I mean, Marshall, when I look at Dexter Williams, a good back, I don't think he's an elite back in terms of, especially the next level. I mean, you look at Josh Adams with Philadelphia. He's a complimentary back for the most part. But in terms of being that guy to take over or change a game, I just don't see that. I, I just think it's tough sledding against against Clemson when it comes down to Clemson's like an SEC team. If you think about it, they play in the ACC, but but they're built to be stout up front, both offense and defensive lines. And they try to stop. They try to stop the run with their front seven. They, they're not dropping a safety. in, so it becomes hard for you to throw the football when you play that type of game. You might you might pop some runs in and and and. And when you look at it, um, I, I just think Notre Dame, they're going to have some success. They are. But can you continuously move the football down the field? Game comes down to two things, size, speed. Clemson has both edges. And if and, – and, and, and I have not seen Dabo Sweeney and his coaching staff get out coached. I, I mean, Nick Saban went to an onside kick and surprised him and, and, and got, a, got a win there. But I just have not seen Dabo Sweeney get out coached, and that's the only way I think a Notre Dame can beat a Clemson. You have to, they have to be out coached. You got to have some answers for some things because when it when it when it comes to bigger, faster, stronger, it all goes to Clemson. Yeah, I agree with that. I think when you look at Brian Kelly, though, initially got the bowl win over LSU. Ian Book stepped up and led that team to a 21-17 to win. A lot of people didn't give them a shot in that ball game against that front seven of LSU, but they were able to match up, make enough plays. Brian Kelly in this spot, a lot of pressure. I mean, it's time to, I mean, he's led his team to a 12-0 record, got blown out by Alabama. Yeah, going but, back to 2012. But, but now yeah. is the time to show why they hired him in South Bend. I mean, the, for this specific game right here. I think of the four coaches, I I, I don't know if he has the most pressure. I, I still think, even though, you know, some people flirted with the idea that this could be a surprise team right. in 2018, I, I think he's... I think he's exceeded expectations. I do. I I mean, they're a talented football team. You know, you have a Julian Love, you have a Jerry Tillery. Um, You know, he lost two NFL linemen last year. He lost a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Lost Mike Elko as well. And and you bring up an interesting point about coordinators. The one thing about Clemson I think about is uh, the word that comes to mind under Dabo Sweeney is continuity. Look at that staff. You know, when when you're an elite football team this time of year, you know, sometimes your coaches are being poached either for, you know, a, a coordinator job or a head coaching job. But Brent Venable's still there. Dabo's still there. Both of the co-offensive coordinators 
still there. Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott. So this is a, this, you're right. This is an SEC program. I used to say that back in the day about Florida State. Florida State was an ACC team that played like an SEC yep. team. Same no thing more. with Clemson. <laughs> not, not any longer. That doesn't no. apply in 2018. Yes. And the one thing, Marshall, I think when you look at Clemson, they did it in the interior lines. I mean, for years now, for the last four years, Clemson's had one of the best offense and defensive lines in terms of continuity, no matter who's playing well uh, at quarterback or under center. But more importantly, too, is that this team's ability to win on the road, I I mean, is unprecedented. They don't care where they play, and they step up. Now, they didn't get the victory against Alabama last year. They didn't make enough plays uh, in the college football playoff, but they're not going to fear Notre Dame because at the end of the day, they've stepped up against elite teams each and every year and and won most of those ball games. Yeah, when you look at it, uh, Clemson is going into this game with one question, and and the question is the quarterback. Like you don't know. It, okay, so is this going to be the game that's like too much for him? Like w- what's his ceiling? Right. And and we keep we every time there's a test. He continues to pass the test. And and I, I, I the, the kid is just like, I mean, he's cool hand Luke. It, 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 nothing, nothing bothers, nothing. I mean, nothing bothers this kid. I, I'm impressed with what I've seen from a freshman. It just, it, it has impressed me. Usually taking over a starting job, having a guy who won as many, as many games uh, as Kelly Bryant did, then transfer it, it 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 bothers you. I, I remember as a freshman taking over for a guy in TC Wright who was very productive. We sat in the same meeting room. It was it was it was a weird feeling, regardless of what kind of competitor you are. There's just that weird feeling. He seems to not have that. It's as if he went to Clemson knowing that he was going to be playing this year. Yeah, he's got the hair. He reminds me of Cush from Jerry Jerry Maguire. This I was is thinking Cush. of I was actually thinking of the South. Who was the South Carolina quarterback who had the long locks? Maybe uh, about ten years ago. You're you're our college football encyclopedia. We'll look <laughs> it up. Hill? No, yeah, no. Hill. was it? I was number eighteen and back in the early nineties. Okay. They had Brandon Bennett at a running back. Yes, or you're talking about uh, Ellis. Now, now, now you're just spiking the ball now. No, I'm t- <laughs> now, now this is excessive celebration. <laughs> he looks like a throwback. I yeah. mean, yeah. you go Hill all the way back there Tanny when Tim Stabler. You know what's an interesting point about the four quarterbacks in the playoffs? What, what's the one thing they have in common? I didn't hear the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all mobile. Yeah, they're all mobile, but none of them were, were full-timers last year. Right. Which, which says a lot about the coaching staffs getting these kids uh, ready. You know, Kyler Murray was Baker Mayfield's backup. Trevor Lawrence was in high school. Ian Book was Brandon Wimbush's backup, yeah. right? And, uh, Tua was. and Tua was a backup to Jalen Hurts, you know, and, and really didn't make his name until the national championship. So you really have first-time starting quarterbacks now in the playoffs. And Trevor Lawrence, to me, I think he's unflappable. I don't think it happens. I, I think I don't think we see him wilt in any way, shape, or form. And the arm talent that he has displayed for such a young kid, what excites me most of all is we have to. I hate seeing kids leave because we're college football analysts. I hate seeing them leave. They elevate to the NFL. Trevor Lawrence we have for the next two years. Yeah, and it's interesting to see you know how that game uh, really plays out early on because in order for Notre Dame to, to win that matchup, they're going to have to dictate tempo early on. And, and when you look at Tua, you would think that he should be battle-tested entering this playoff game because of his ability to step up in the national championship game if given the nod. And we know Jalen Hurts already as a freshman led his team to just, a, a national championship. Uh, there's, there's just something about what I saw happen in the Georgia game, it was the first real adversity for Tua. Yeah. And he was not handling it well. No. I'm just telling you, he, he was not handling it well. The injury, um, it, it, if an injury can help, it it, it, it helped. Uh, I, I'm just, I, it, and I, I wonder, I wonder if he had not gotten hurt when Nick Saban pulled him. him. Yeah. I, I I just because it, it was the first yeah. it was the first time I'd seen him handle adversity. Actually, I was at the LSU Alabama game early in that game, and Alabama, I mean LSU was getting after him. I mean they they were they were they were laying some hits on him, and the game was close early before before it got broken before they 
broke the seal and just ran away with it. And I was like, I was watching the kid. It wasn't, he, he wasn't as sharp. I mean, the receivers made some outstanding catches in that game. And then all of a sudden the run game went wild and it, it, it was over. LSU could not score. The defense just, just sealed it up. But I just, and, and, and I wonder with Lawrence, if, if he's going to have that moment, every quarterback has that moment and you have to find out when you don't, it's like in golf, you got to find out how to win with your B and C game when your A game not on. And as a quarterback, can you do that? Can you, can you find a way to maybe get a first down or, 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 or throw a touchdown or, or manufacture a drive when timing's off? I didn't see that in Tua in that game, and Hurts came in and helped him. I wonder if Lawrence is going to have that. And I wonder all the other quarterbacks, what, what, what's going to happen when, when, when you hit adversity in a big game? It's easy too when it's easy when Tua came off the bench. There wasn't oh, a yeah. lot expected, you know. They're down. Nobody. They Who were cared? down and out, right? Who cares? So he leads them to victory. So he's the savior. But it's a lot different when the bullseye's on your back mm. for a complete season. Now, granted, we know Alabama has top five talent so much so that they weren't challenged within SEC play at all. Twenty-seven, four touchdowns per game. They were better than mo- every SEC team for the last. Three years. The yeah, only games that they struggled in the last couple of years was against Georgia. So this was his real first test again to be under the microscope with the with the national audience, the chance to win the title. And Marshall's right. He did not step up. And, and I think Nick would have pulled him. I really do. Because Nick knows, let's, let's be honest, he wants that seventh national championship yeah. more than anybody. He yeah. wants to cement himself as yeah. the creme de la creme. So if the title was on... If the title yeah, was on the line, I think he would have pulled him. I really do. Well, I mean, listen, he he had the he had the wherewithal and the guts to do it in the national championship with a true freshman quarterback. He, so he, he didn't know, have a chance. Lot less risky. I think he would have done it because Jalen Hurts has proven it before. You know, and, and this was the SEC title game. A lot less at stake because let's face it: if they lose that game, they're still in the playoffs. Not to say he wanted to, but right. Alabama still is in if they lose to Georgia last weekend. I yes. just, I, man, I love Nick. I, I love to give him all the credit for the moves that he makes. And I mean, they're just, they're, they're obvious moves. Your quarterback is not moving the football last year in the national championship game. And you have this five-star kid who can sling the ball. And, I, and, and it was obvious receivers that were open and Hurts were missing them early. What do you do? You you put the kid in, right? And 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 now it's like, oh, that's what Brian Dayball was doing with. That's why they have him here. Okay, now I recognize this offense. Balls coming out, balls coming out. And if one, if there's one thing that I love about the kid is there's no hesitation. Back foot, he his drop is one, two, three out, one, two, three, four, five out. Balls coming out. And he he remains before he starts to run. He remains a passer as long as he can. I, I think last year's move was easier. It was easier. You you were down. It, you didn't have a choice. This year, kid actually got hurt. You you had to make the move. Right, and 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 we watch. I mean, yeah, he, he was bailed into like he was he was forced into putting Jalen Jalen hurts in because I, I I don't know I I don't know if Nick wanted to be proven wrong that hurts can play at mm. this level and continue to win games. So as good as we say, oh, oh yeah, Nick, yeah, great. You you actually just proved that you were you just called the bad game, the bad game last year and you pulled him and now the kid has to ride the bench the rest of the season <laughs> instead of instead of playing because he had a bad game. Yeah, it's incredible because if you're asking me at the quarterback position in college and the pro I want a guy that's mobile. I want a guy that can elude now, the rush, to, especially. Yeah. So that are you saying you're tired of Eli Manning? Is that what you're trying to I'm say? I'm a Dolphin <laughs> fan. I'm tired of, of Tanny. Well, you have so. a mobile quarterback. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. We can yeah, get to that off. off he's script. he's too mobile. Too mobile. Yes, he was a former wide receiver at AM. <laughs> but when we come back, we'll be talking about the great debate. Keep it where it is. <laughs> 